Okay, and welcome back. We are at Fishtown Local, your favorite Gloucester podcast. And I have a special, special guest today. A gentleman with whom I survived a war in a foxhole. Exactly. And they weren't shooting bullets at us. They were shooting pencils. And this is none other than Mr. James Caveston, who is the current president of Sea Arts. Woohoo! And we'll talk a little bit about that. But I really want to talk to him about the alleged, famous, infamous Gloucester Charter School. Now that the paint has dried by at least three years. How are you, James? Very well, Gordon. Thanks very much. Thanks oh, for having me on the show. It's nice meeting Jim and Connor and being here. I love what you guys have done to the Cape Ann TV place, right. so it's, it looks really good. Well, how about those dancing girls when they play that intro music and not that whole group of girls dancing out there in the lobby? You, you uh, saw them, right? I had my back turned around, unfortunately, well, so I must have missed it. I miss a lot of things. Yeah. So, Well, now, <laughs> when I look at the ballot and I look at the election coming up mm -hmm. and I look at my television at night, some of the advertising that I am seeing on TV reminds me so much of the battle we fought together. And I'm talking about this proposition, is it two, is the one where they're saying let's expand the charter schools. And the opponents, of course, are saying we don't want to create opportunities for these elitist students of charter schools. That was kind of the battle we faced. Uh, we started the Gloucester Community Arts Charter School about five years ago, I think. It, it was longer was, than that, actually. I mean, the original, um, so Sea Arts uh, actually uh, was the fiscal agent oh. uh, that allowed the original uh, state grant money uh, to be collected that would then do the research that determined the viability of a charter school. So that must have been 2008 or uh, 2007. Was, I was going to say it's probably yeah. 2006, actually. It yeah. went away there before because the school didn't actually open for some time. Um, there was, uh, I believe our charter date was uh, February 24th, 2009, mm -hmm. was the charter. And um, uh, as I recall, I met you in the original hearing. Okay. Said, don't bang on the desk. Okay. So I no fist pounding. So if you're going to make a fist pounding point, pump your head in the air. Because I couldn't read the first time. Um, and I met you at a hearing at the in Malden in the big gleaming beautiful school building there and there we went in quite innocently to get our charter thinking uh, what heroes we were uh, we were volunteers nobody was getting paid and it was a labor of more than love educational advocacy mm -hmm. we went in there and I remember meeting you we were sitting in the second or third row and suddenly began to hear our cells described as these avaricious mm. maleficent uh, malefactors who were out to subvert our system and it was absolutely mind-blowing mm -hmm. to see um, our state representative Margaret Ferranti mm -hmm. and other local people just slicing me personally mm -hmm. and the rest of us personally <laughs> we hadn't even done a thing yet for the school mm -hmm. and yet we were out to subvert the school mm -hmm. it was a very interesting change of events because when we were first working with the uh, the people that were going to write the grant, which was Bruce Caneb, who at the time was the assistant superintendent in the Manchester school system, and then later went on to work at the uh, Harvard Graduate School of Education in K through 12. Uh, you know, he was you know saying this is something that people want. Gloucester at the time, I think, it was in the bottom 13 or 15 percent of the schools in the Commonwealth. And and you know, when I I had a lot of discussions with the people at the uh, DESE, as it's called, Department mm -hmm. of uh, 
elementary and secondary education, and they were all very excited about having this happen. Um, Gordon, I think you would, uh, put, uh, connected a couple of dots and said, yes, it was very exciting when uh, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts was trying to you know, get some uh, race to the top money. Mm -hmm. And I've never really investigated mm -hmm. that, but it, it, the timing certainly fits. Oh, completely. Remember, know. in 2009, the race to the top, one of the qualifications for getting the money for the states mm -hmm. from the Fed was you had to have a charter school yeah. approved right. that year. Exactly. And there were three others, and there was us, and they went out of their way to make sure that somebody got approved. Five mm. billion dollars was on the line with the B. Mm. It was a lot of cake. And Gloucester got $444,000 right, of that money, uh, of just straight off the top for getting that. Mm -hmm. And, oh, um, sorry. And so, uh, <laughs> I drummed on so the desk. <laughs> Sounds like a truck going by. Yeah. But I remember, at the time, that was a fact that was completely buried because what the the powers that be really, especially the unions and the other school people, what they really focused on was why did the State Board of Education go out of their way to shove the school down Gloucester's throat? Whereas the school itself fulfilled a need for the state, and it really had been the best application they had that mm -hmm. year. Right. Yeah, and that, that raises, I mean, the, the lawsuit that followed, you know, had some other ramifications on that. Um, it's, you know, there's a legal um, suit that was filed uh, mostly by, I think, residents from East Gloucester uh, who were uh, very much uh, concerned about having their school, you know, possibly merging with veterans uh, if the charter school funding then took money away. Which, of course, I mean, they're doing now. Well, that's the <laughs> irony of the whole school, thing. Yeah. Is that the thought at the time was, well, if we stop the charter school, we'll, we'll keep our independence. And, of course, if you saw the newspapers two weeks ago, that was the item that's going to be on the table. And, mm -hmm. and honestly, I mean, there's, you know, internal and external economics at work here. You know, the, the external ones are we have a lot of smaller schools around the area where cities like Beverly have closed, like the McKay School opposite the Shoe and the Cove School, and they put them all into one building, mm -hmm. you know, and that's just, you just get better economics there. And oh, I mean, yeah. and the other five new elementary yeah. schools are we going to be able yeah. to afford exactly. that? Exactly. Think yeah. about the duplication and administrative overhead and the teaching. You know, it's just there's no economy to be gained by having five separate schools. And um, and and then there's the other issue, the more external issue, which is the fact that there's this, uh, you know, in the Mass General Laws, there's I think it's called Chapter 70, which is our formula for driving the financing that all the districts get. And it's a formula based on, you know, how much possible tax income you can get. And here in Gloucester, we have a lot of waterfront activity, so the theoretical rate of taxation is very high, mm -hmm. even though we've got an entire area, the, the Port Authority, which is completely not, you know, revenue generating right now. Right. And, and so that, you know, coupled with the fact that, you know, as, as far as I know, the formula has never changed, and it really puts Gloucester at a disadvantage mm -hmm. to other schools. I mean, we... we you know, it's just, those are the kind of things that could have been worked on, you know, the... the uh, by the school, by, the by, state by, board. By, every, by yeah. the state board, by, yeah. this, by the community itself. I mean, you, you got to fix these problems sooner or later yeah. because they're not going to go away. I mean, the, the biggest, biggest, you know, real issue here is that at the time the charter school uh, application was going in, there were 32,000 people in the city. Uh, there's less than 30 now. I mean, the, it's just... You're going to see more schools close. There aren't enough kids, you know. So, the, so how do you get people to move into this area with their families? You know, how do you make it attractive? Well, that's right. And you know, that was the whole game because yeah. the more kids you got to your charter school, yeah. the more you got paid. And the formula being that Gloucester got a certain amount of dollars per kid. Right. Well, if that kid goes to the charter school, the charter school got the money. But you see, Gloucester then didn't have to pay to educate them. But of course, like flying an airplane, if you have some empty seats on a flight, you don't save any money because you've right. got to fly the flight. Right. And they were saying, and they made such
such a big stink of, oh, if we lose 80 kids at the charter mm -hmm. school, uh, we can't save any of that money. Mm -hmm. So in fact, the budget went from whatever it was, 32 million to 33 million that year when they went down by two or three percent. Mm -hmm. However, when the charter school <laughs> closed and those same students came back, they were saying, what? We need more money. Mm -hmm. We can't educate these additional students free. You say, wait, but you just lost them and you couldn't save. Right. And now that they've come back, you need more money. So it was kind of symptomatic to me of our opponents. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just the system needs, you know, to be just really reviewed and, and figure out how to make it work. Um, yeah. You know, and the charter school was definitely, you know, one area that addressed the, the education quality. I mean, there are certain students that, you know, really performed extremely well with the charter environment. Oh. I mean, that's like... We one size fits all was yeah, not the charter exactly. school. Exactly. We had a very strong non-bullying policy. We had very good luck with um, children that were on... Um, you know, pharmaceuticals who have just been sort of, you know, given scripts, you know, because maybe they couldn't be handled in the classroom or something. So, well, Which was one of the fictions, because the fiction yeah. was that it was all the elite kids who, sh who would be going to their private schools who then came to the charter school free, which was crazy because our students were the poorest students mm. in law. Remember, we could not even do a pizza fundraiser mm. to have sell pizzas for 10 bucks. We couldn't no. do that. Yeah, no, we had students whose families didn't have internet connections. Exactly. Uh, and so we had to contact them, you know, whatever way we I could. I mean, uh, it, it was really amazing. Yeah. Um, but I found we had four lawsuits against us, mm. and each one we won. Each one, the last same, same three, lawsuit, were yeah. thrown out. Yeah. And remember, he warned him, if you come back a fifth time, then I'm going to award damages for harassment because oh. that's what the judge called it. Oh yeah, the last, the the on the on the, on the road to the superior court stuff, um, you know, uh, which none of it was reported well at all, you know, by the media or by the. Uh, there, there's a lot of. Uh, you know, imagination worked in the in the revision of what these things all meant. I mean, in, in the very last one, um, which they always left open for appeal because you always do that as a yeah. judge. You know, you, you can't say, "Oh no, this is done." That's trouble if you're a judge. You just never yeah. do that. But um, the, uh, the, the 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 one of the most insightful comments from the very very last opinion by the last judge was like. Look, you know, this whole issue with whether the Department of Education was politically motivated or not, it's, you know, this is administrative law. It's pretty much whatever the process is that that administrative law is empowered with mm -hmm. is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So you can try, you can come back, please come back and do this. You know, you're more than welcome to appeal this. But, uh, but we will say this, and this was a key phrase, said, you know, if there is some, you know, redress to be taken with the Department of Education, fine. You know, we'll try that out. We'll, we'll hear that out in the last case. But closing the charter school is That's not right. addressing or remediating the problem and is not a solution. It is not a remediation and it is not a solution. It couldn't have been more clear than that. So the charter school was not going to close. Well, the grounds for them winning the suits was malfeasance on our part, and there was never any. However, it does bring up that one of the biggest assets of our school was also one of the biggest liabilities. And that's what, that was its head, was Tony Blackman, the principal. Great guy, had come from Pingree. I had known him because my kid went there. But Tony was a terrible communicator. And boy, did the opposition, like the Republicans in the 90s and the year and the 2000s, beat kick our butt in the newspapers. The publicity war, they so shaped the dialogue that I found myself going to not our opponents, but just regular people 
like my two engineers here, where you would bring the subject up, want to come over and see it, and they would get this hazy look in their eyes, this cloudy look, oh, I can't get involved in that. So it was almost like Germany in pre-war or Russia today where the people, no, 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 I don't want to know, I don't want to be associated, and it was very hurtful. I found friends that I have that had no stake in it. They weren't against it, but they were completely cloudy when the subject I have to go and they weren't cloudy Gordon they were clear and they were clearly being bullied I mean there was so much uh, you know negativity you know from the start on this I mean the the original thing started with you know I think a group of parents were very concerned about what was going on at their school went to the then superintendent and said hey you know we'd like to to start a Horace Mann school which is a charter school but it operates within the authority of the district so all the district school administrators run the place they hire the teachers they they, the the teachers union you know requires them and all the credentials and stuff like that Uh, my understanding is and I wasn't there in the original conversations Mm -hmm. but that offer was immediately rejected Rebuffed. and uh, yeah. and so then the sort of people started digging in their heels from the get-go mm-hmm. and um, so the uh, the original group uh, sort of went on its own you know filed for the charter got the charter uh, and I don't think anyone thought it was going to happen frankly no. it's got a lot of people right. by surprise so um, that group again wasn't really well I will say go, commenting yeah, on yeah, your sure. comments uh, Amy Balin who was the founder the woman you were speaking mm-hmm. of who went to see farmer mm-hmm. she was more from a parent side we had on the board yeah. some amazing educational oh, pro- professionals yeah, yeah. who actually worked for the State Department mm-hmm. of Education. They had to have hands-off on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But when it came to board uh, doing due diligence, mm-hmm. there was one fellow, Dave Buchanan, who was just like having your own law firm. Oh, he's perfect. Yeah. And he Dave's would warn incredible. us off the stuff. But I want to go back to one other thing. How did the charter school fail? Because... After year two, we'd had a graduation. The mayor came to graduate our 13 graduates. She was so proud. She said, I never thought this would happen. This school's really taken off. That the MCAS had been taken and that it had turned out that for the first time that our scores beat the middle school in Gloucester. But this brings up the bigger point. That story never hit the paper. Mm. All the stories about how the first year when we were basically coasting off the education they'd have from the regular schools, of course they tanked the tests. So, oh, charter school scores plummet. But I will say that to me, and I am a student of this, and one of my favorite editors I've ever had, Ray Lamont, who was running the paper at the time, I think he personally did more to kill the charter school than any single person. Why? He wanted to sell newspapers. And his surveys had shown that was the biggest seller. And there were two stories. Mm. Then I want to get your response. Two stories. One is about the kid who was out on the rock at mm. Camp Spindrift under the auspices of a summer camp run by mm. the uh, by the charter school. And the kid uh, had, uh, let's just say, had had a little bit of a discipline problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just say he'd used the N-word at some point, And the instructor said, no, you sit on that rock f- until you're ready to apologize. And the kid wouldn't apologize. And then a parent came along, what are you doing? They're making me sit out in the sun. Mm. The parent phones it in. The story on the headline, Charter School Endangers uh, Students' Welfare. Then, two days later, there's a story where the uh, principal says they had started this petition, but they inserted sheets on the people who had signed it that were put in. And so, the headline reads, Charter School Principal Threatens to Sue Parents. Mm. We went from 181 enrolled for the next year, which would have 
permanently solidified our success to what 70 students we had 110 well, people drop out in two weeks yeah we had a very we had a terrific year in terms of enrollment that summer and then those type of situations yeah. happened uh, it, it was a very difficult time because I think on one hand we finally felt like we'd gotten someplace where we'd gotten some purchase and had the you know the numbers we needed and we had been running on such economy the oh. whole time. I mean, oh. our, we had got negotiated a terrific deal with the landlord. We were, we had next to no administration, which to go back to your point about mm -hmm. Tony, I mean, yeah, I mean, Tony just walked into that thing every day. It was there sometimes 12 hours a yeah. day, worked very hard, and he just couldn't get to I mean, he was things. washing dishes himself, oh, yeah. <laughs> as he, he we was, were. He was, yeah, we all did like the vacuum <laughs> yeah. in the hallways exactly. and all that kind of stuff. Because we didn't have and, the money. Yeah, and, and we did everything we could to, you know, sort of provide a strong economic base, or at least a, a sustainable, didn't have to be strong, just sustainable. So, you know, and two things happened. Like when the, when the, um, when the good, strong numbers came out from the uh, people that would want to go to the school in the fall, that's... I think when the opposition got really scared. Totally. And, and that was, oh my yeah. God, this thing is really going to take Including off. Including the it, teachers union. Because I remember oh. they closed down with their, because yeah. when the thing went out, mm. there was no malfeasance. There was no, they invoked some special rule because one of their former board members had loaned uh, the charter school $25,000. In fact, the board didn't know that to keep its doors open. And, uh, but... It was the board member of the State Department of Education. Don't you think they should have known I'm not allowed to it do was, this? It was totally up there. When you become a trustee of any public body, one of the first documents you sign is a financial disclosure that you don't have any financial dealings with um, the, you know, any of the people the on, subjects, the, on the body politics under, that you're working yeah. on. And the I, I can't remember what it is, but it's either 12 months or 8 months or something that you know, if you haven't had any within that time, then there's nothing you have to disclose. But, you know, maybe they were thinking that. But I, I think the truth of matter is the Department of Education did not have a conflict of interest yeah. criteria in place. And you That's know, right, to judge whether you can or not. Yeah. So they yeah. sort of had a special yeah. session, and then they suddenly, the vote got reversed from the board, mm -hmm. and the union people f outweighed the progressive people. Oh, there was definitely some questions there. We had one or two people on, uh, I remember going to a lot of the meetings in Malden, and there was one fellow uh, on the board who was totally... In favor of Wait, I just got a great pun. We were mauled in Malden. <laughs> That's good, Gordon. Malden, Malden. We were. <laughs> yeah, that would be absolutely correct. And uh, Can I just point out, too, that yeah. when we were done, there's a state law in Massachusetts that says if a charter school goes out of biz or any school, the board of trustees is responsible for the money. So we got handed a big fat bill of what was it, uh, four thousand dollars each. You paid eight yeah. or ten, yeah. and uh, so we were on the line for the teacher salary. So we never stiffed a teacher, no. and because in the end we had to pay. Although when they sold all the furniture off, we got back. A couple things there which are so interesting, which is that you know the the we you know obviously once you know we were going into that November meeting with the Department of Elementary and Secondary School Education thinking this is looking good. We'd gotten a considerable gift. We'd gotten a 50% cut in the um, uh, money. I mean, we were looking at a declining population of 125 or something, 129 students, but we'd figured out a way to, to get this That's done. Right. Tony Earlier on. Early, yeah. and, and we had all these things in place. And with the bank loan, I mean, that was there was maybe like a $290,000 question, and it was all there in the savings that we did. We negotiated mm -hmm. like mad. Mick LaFada and I were meeting you know, mm -hmm. twice a week to figure out how to... Mick LaFada being Mick the landlord. landlord yeah. and, By the way, and, he did such a beautiful job that when we got kicked huh? out, the school department <laughs> oh, yeah. moved it's, it's, their headquarters. It's their administrative 
and, 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 so, and uh, yeah, early yeah. school year now. And, you know, that's another thing. I got actually a little bit of a tiff with some of our counselors because at the time when the school was in its second year and really doing well, I went to pretty much every counselor and said, would you come up and just walk around? You see who the enemy is. And I remember Safathia came up and yeah. our East Gloucester guy who just ran for mayor. Um, refresh my memory here. I'm going blank. Um, and he came up and um, what? Is it Fargo? Bill? No, never mind. Okay, Sorry. whatever. Who was our counselor that just uh, ran for mayor who was defeated? I know. It's like running backs on the Patriots. You don't remember. Uh, he came up. Um, but I do... Oh, and um, uh, what is his name? Joe... I'm going blank on the counselors. But all the other guys, yeah. uh, Tony Gross, Jonathan Pope, uh, all these other guys, including the Richard Safier, the mm -hmm. superintendent of school, they would not come and even walk in the door to look. And it just, oh, I was did. going, you won't even look to see what it is in a school entity building that they eventually took over as their offices. They would not come. Yeah, they, they, their wagons were so tight. Because they were so afraid of being yeah. slimed. Yeah. Well, the, and the the you know the thing is, Gordon. I also want to say that you know to the extent that our theme was you know about arts, you did an amazing job bringing in sixty five artists over the course of a year and a half. Every Wednesday morning there was a special assembly, and one of the local artists would get up and talk about you know, unlike banking or law or something yeah. or medicine, you know, there's no clear path, yeah. and it's a super individual undertaking requires a lot of confidence and you know sense of you know how you do things, what you yeah. do, why you get up every morning, yeah. and and these people would come in, yeah. you know, and, yeah, and talk. Right. Guitar, they, guitar makers, and, jewelry yeah, makers, painters. Incredible yeah. experience that the students and, and the faculty all enjoyed it, too. I mean, it was, it was really kind of like to the heart of what we were trying to go to. I mean, one of the great things about a charter is, you know, you can provide your own program. And I, I think that was the part of the thing was like, you know, here we have such a strong base in the arts. And this is what the charter That's schools it. also do. Is like, speaking of that, the teacher, the art teacher, the head art teacher oh. was amazing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that yeah, is yeah. There was the spine of the school, Shay Cajulet, and Shore country day stole her the yeah. moment we lost her yeah, right. and she was unbelievable she took no guff from any kid and yet they loved her they ran after her to keep up with her she really showed what the meaning of gloucester community arts charter school right. everything ran through art so when you did your painting then you had to measure it you had to describe it you had to orient it in terms of geography you had to write all these essays about your piece of art that were the other disciplines including measuring it and doing math problems about? For Shay, I mean, it really was, there was a very clear criteria uh, for, um, you know, what what makes art, you know, and she, she had it right up on the walls. I mean, there was no mystery about it. You know, there, there was a very objective a way to approach the skill of creating art. The and kids it, loved and her. it was, yeah. no, you know, it was very, it wasn't all that technical. It was very thoughtful. Mm -hmm. It was conscious. Uh, but she really put that out there. She said, you know, like when you approach a piece of paper, mm -hmm. you should be having nine criteria in your That's head. Right. Am I oh, remember this? that. Am I yeah. doing that? Am I doing yeah. that? Perspective, absolutely shading, yeah, drawing. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. And a um, very good tool for someone who, and who I wants to improve. We go, I can't do it. It's too hard. And she would take no guff. She would say, uh, you're going to do yeah, it. And great. here it is. And right. why don't you? She'd give him an idea. And then 10 minutes later, they'd be going, look, look, look what I did. It would yeah. be fantastic. Yeah. By the way, it was Paul McGeary was the gentleman oh, yeah, who sure, came yeah, up right. and Joe Cellino yeah. with Safathia. And they had their eyes open. Safathia said, I'm not coming out in favor of the school. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's so nice to see who's here. And, of course, half the kids, she knew half the kids because they were neighborhood kids. They were downtown oh, sure, kids. Absolutely. There weren't any elitist kids. Oh. 
Anyway, it's a, it's an amazing subject, but mm. uh, I will say that uh, we had a flawed leader because in the end, uh, he was kind of a, a president who wanted always to give you good news. And so he mm. always would take care of it himself. He would always make sure it was done, uh, uh, but he would always keep it all close to his chest. So in a way, his inefficiency that also was tied to the fact we had no money contributed ultimately to along with our opposition. We could not hold those 181 that last year. Yeah, I, and I, he lost his temper. He lost mm. his temper when he said, I'll sue those people if they submit these mm. illegal petitions. Mm. And bang, school, I mean, paper had him. School suddenly, we lost at least a third that first. Oh, week. that was the you know the the as the you know Cicero said you know you can deal with any number of idiots or you know people on the other side of the gate, but when the treason treason comes from within, you yes. know, it's well, what well, I call it the A two Brute moment, you know, yeah. which is you know we had a group of people inside that were just you know so out for Tony and and you know just would stop at nothing, and I had several conversations with including former board members, you know, mm. who were really working against the success of the school, and I think you know Tony an educator, you know, by trade. Yeah. And and the demands on him, you know, to deal with this public, you know, perception issue were just phenomenal. And frankly, you're right. The newspaper didn't do us any favors. I had well, one, I, I think Ray Lamont put us out of business, I mean, personally. There's so many bad, incorrect articles. I, I mean, love them. My, I'm sure he put and, us and, out you know, of business. When he first came onto the paper, he, yeah. he the, the Gloucester Daily Times won awards, which had not happened for a long time. So I give Ray his due. But I also say yeah. some of the writers that he sicked on us uh, did a great disservice. I mean, the one thing that sticks in my mind, I had just come into the position as a chairman of the board, and we got this note from the inspector general's office that one of the original trustees had been sent a check for $20,000. So no one gets paid in these positions in charter schools, unlike the district schools where right. board members do, in fact, you know, get money. So, you know, I spoke with our attorney about this and said, what is this? And we researched it. Turned out that before there was a physical property, we got a law bill, a, a, a bill from the lawyer. It was an invoice. That's right. And it was sent to one of the trustees for $20,000. Now, how you confuse an invoice with a check that's right. is beyond... And they didn't pay him. They actually wrote it to the law firm. Well, no, that's the whole point. Is yeah. that It was an invoice. It wasn't a yeah. check that was sent that's to right. him. you got to send the the, uh, the invoice to a trustee someplace. Yeah. So we went to the trustee's home. There was no physical address. He gave to, it to the to attorney. Yeah. And then, you know, then, then the, whoever was running the books at the time at, uh, at, at the charter school then paid the law firm. But yeah. honestly, I mean, that was one of the worst, you know, kind of corruptions, perversions of, of real accurate news. So we actually called the newspaper and said, you know, if you don't retract that right now, the next conversation we're going to be having is with your lawyers, you know. And, but still, the damage is done. I mean, the well, point is... Well, they retract it, but you know by then, you know, they were well, that's ready a, that's the point I was just trying to, to pay make, us back. You know, once the, once the, the news is out there, yeah. when, oh, this just adds on more to the level of, yeah. uh, you know, the, the charter school is really a bad place and yeah. bad things are happening there and all the people are bad. Well, you know, I will so. say in the end, maybe the opponents were partly right in that did Gloucester want merit or hmm. need a charter school. Okay, well, and you know what? I Looking back on it now, I don't think they did. It takes a village. It right? takes a village, yeah. and I, mean, everyone, I hate to say yeah, it, yeah, but because yeah. uh, Ray Lamont once said to me later on when they were, all this other stuff was going on, oh, you think that there'll ever be another charter school in Gloucester? I said, are you joking? I started. I laughed at his face. I said, as if anyone, when they see what had happened, would ever mm. get off their butt to no. try to do something like that again. Yeah. So, in so, this so, sea of negativity. Yeah, sure. I mean, who would want to stand up to, against that kind of firing line? I say the, the one of the best conversations I ever had with the media about this was with the late great Richard Gates, who was Gaines. such... Gaines. Gaines, I'm sorry, excuse yeah. me. Uh, uh, Richard came up, I 
had never even met him before. I think I'd met him once or twice, but nothing uh, serious. And uh, he came to uh, one of the meetings, which, which was a closed meeting. And so I s s was outside in the parking lot with him for about 20 minutes. And he just had some incredible observations about, you know, as he called it, the fixes in. And, and you know, he, he, this is a guy who's worked and has seen, like he saw the NOAA fix in yeah. on, on the fishing industry here. So he can smell, mm -hmm. you know, this, when it, this unfair ganging up kind of thing. And it, we had a great conversation. I wish we could have gotten him. We went through, there were at least five different oh, reporters. Yeah. And, and oh Every my time God. they get a new guy, oh. they put him on the charter store. Oh. Story. So they yeah, start and, from and, scratch. And, and the objectivity and the fact finding and some of the stuff was just, again, I go back to the inspector general issue with the, you know, confusing an invoice with a check. And I just, I mean, that's a head pounder. Mm -hmm. You know, you just yeah. you can't figure out how someone could get that wrong. Well, lastly, I just want to say, I remember when the board member, the founder, Amy Dalen, turned on the school. And it's sort of interesting because the original vision and conception that founders have, often when the professionals come in and they start having to deal with the school as a school, then it's very, very typical that there is a certain estrangement and hurt from the original founders because their schools outgrown them and moved on and around him because it was all about the due diligence. I cannot believe the reports that we had to file. And oh, yeah. I mean, just the things we personally as state employees on the board of a charter school yeah, had, to, had to watch out for is the things <laughs> we were not allowed to do or say. And uh, But anyway, it was history. Um, it has colored my vision of Gloucester. I'm not oh, quite so yeah. Naive yeah, about right. oh everybody in Gloucester is so great and, and they politics, all yeah. have open minds. No, they were just as mm. as scared as German citizens, mm. Russian citizens, Bulgarians. I realize I I'm probably no exception if I was put up against that wall and had to choose. Oh, and there's absolutely. A gun pointed at me. Yeah, I mean so. everyone was put in a very uncomfortable situation. I mean the consistent, you know, the the filming of every single meeting. Oh, excuse yeah. me. Um, the uh, you know is the constant filings with the attorney generals, you know, for, we didn't do this right. I mean, one of the things, honestly, hey, wait a that, second. I, let's go back to that point. Yeah. We had, and we were videotaped. Every word was videotaped Pretty at every meeting. meeting yeah. We had five people who sat through every single meeting for three years, writing down every word that we said. If we said, my pencil needs sharpening, his pencil needs to sharpen. I mean, the cook, <laughs> the woman, right, yeah. uh, uh, we had uh, uh, Paul, I mean, uh, Jason Grow. How about the guy, Martin Del Vecchio? Uh, these people were yeah. there scheming for, just like the new just like oh she had a cough or oh yeah, looking, he said uh, looking for the gotcha moment one uh, of the one, and some of them were like there were many many reports from the, I mean talk about wasting money I mean sending a note to the attorney general's office it should have gone to the uh, the head of the corporations Galvin you know yeah. was I mean this happened all the time with the double standard you didn't post the latest oh, minutes it, by three yeah. o'clock or something and yet you go to the Gloucester School site they wouldn't have done it and, and yet nobody there weren't five people writing down to play gotcha yeah and and the that's kind of the legal aspect of this whole thing. Is the whole point about notice is you have to have standing to claim foul on a notice, on a failure to file notice. That's right. You have to say, hey, I wasn't there, didn't see it. We would have people show up to the meetings and say, you didn't file notice. But that's patently absurd. <laughs> because I mean, you if you're were sitting there, there clearly, <laughs> yes, that notice. You, you were know? there. And, and you, you, so the, I think the, the, yeah. this is why the attorney And by the way, the judge in the four cases we won, they said you never proved damages. If anything, they were saying, look at all the money the school district made from the race to the yeah, top. Yeah, there was a lot of questions about the lawsuit that would have been, I mean, honestly, the, uh, the, the that would, would have been a very, very interesting case of first impression for the whole charter school environment. I mean, in some respects, I wish that had finished up because it would have been great precedent. Mm -hmm. 
employment law. Uh, it was clearly going our way. You know, the judges were, you know, saying very clearly that, you know, even if the Department of Education was, you know, politically incorrect or violated some yeah. of their own administrative rules, which they are entitled to make up themselves, you know, um, then uh, the, the, still the remedy would not be to close the school down. So I, I think that would have been very good. But, you know, again, you know, one of the big forces that, and this is about advocating and, and having political strength, but, you know, the teachers union did a spectacular job from the beginning. Once they saw a threat there, they went out. I mean, they have been incredible in this, rep, you know, referendum number two and everything, and uh, they've really organized their troops well. Oh, the battle right now we're watching statewide yeah. is the battle we had in Glosser. Yeah. And you, you hear those ads and you're going, oh, these horrible uh, elitist prep school kids yeah. trying to go to these charter schools. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a misinformation at yeah. its best. And 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 I think that the, uh, you know, what what's, again, there's a structural issue here. You know, my understanding is, and I don't follow the Mass Teachers, you know, union, you know, bylaws very closely, but I believe that, you know, the big knock against them is that they have they still run by the old seniority system. Yeah. Which places them very low in the in the United States in terms of like how progressive your educational you know body is because if, if it's if it, if you're still giving people the most money and the most opportunity because they've been there the longest yeah. and not disciplining them because they're senior Regardless and of then how turning they do. away the young kids yeah. who've got you know a ton of energy and are you know yeah. really piling on the graduate degrees and everything I mean that, that's just not a good system you know? well anyway uh, we're running out of time so I just oh. want to say this you are fabulous for coming on no, thank you, Gordon. but yeah. I will say this it showed that Gloucester get the schools it deserved. And whether that meant getting the charter or killing the charter, mm. create, putting a name on the Gloucester Innovation uh, Middle School, that mm. was a name. You yeah. know, the things that the charter stood for in terms of not one size fits mm. all, uh, maybe that was just the beginning of its demise because you couldn't do that for everyone. But when I see charter school kids around, and I forget them all, their names, their faces, mm. and all, they come up to me, that was the best mm. two years of my life and the parents. My kids now are so unhappy. In fact, a lot of them go left town or got school choice. or didn't go back to no. the, the didn't go back yeah. but none of them went to, to private schools because none of them had any money yeah right so uh, so I just can I just say say yeah. one thing but I think this is the whole thing is that you know to, to make something like this successful you really need to have very strong advocacy you look at the communities where charter schools succeed they have great advocacy you know you've got communities you know whether it's a minority community or educational community or something there's a driver there that really you know has a lot of traction with the community and says yeah we're gonna do this mm -hmm. because you're always going to run up against the same opposition right. and so the, the question is you know with without that advocacy, you know, and I think that's something that you know we probably could have done more self-examination on. But there's a little bit of isolation, you know, yep. at, at the beginning. Yep. So there was lack of that, and also. And can I say this? Yeah. When I use the airline analogy about you can't necessarily save money on the seats that aren't filled yeah. on a flight you fly, it's almost like a charter school is like a small airline, and it's oh, not a giant United or American where mm -hmm. one size fits all. No, they're almost like Cape Air, and at that point, that can be a real enhancement. To to a community to have a little airline that is so catered, but small airlines, mm. something goes wrong, uh, yeah. they're out of business. No, exactly. And that's yeah. what happened. We crashed yeah, and we Air, Bar Harbor Airlines, yeah. all those ones went, yeah. went down, so to speak. And but, I know Gloucester yeah. feels we're better off forgotten. No one wants to talk about it. That's well, why I wanted you uh, on today, I, I think, because it is a subject that is forbidden. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, I, was, I would say that it did create competitiveness, though, which is the whole idea. I mean, the, the lasting legacy, the long tail here is that certain practices are, in, you know, changing. People saw that we, you know, needed to, you know, yeah. correct certain things. 
And, uh, you know, in terms of the economics, I mean, it's always going to be a challenge for charter schools. They don't get any money at all for their facilities. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be very resourceful right. to set up a charter school. That's right. We, they, we and, had to pay and, our own rent. Oh, totally. The regular I mean, school and, does not pay rent. Does, and that's yeah. the biggest expense. And, and so to the point about, like, you know, the, the money and everything, I would say that, uh, you know, you need a certain amount of students to be there. You know, it was touch and go for two years. We finally had it. Didn't then not work out, which was a real surprise. The, our definition of success really changed between September and November that year. And then, then our definition was, I mean, the state basically came in and said, this isn't going to work anymore. No. We'll let you pay off this bill, which was to the bank, and that's it. And we scrambled. We closed the school in the middle of vacation. We told, you know, that we went to all the creditors. We went through a special legal process, which is like the equivalent of bankruptcy. And then thanks to Tony, Art, and some and others, you know, they organized the assets and sold them and were able to raise quite a lot of money yeah. so that the bank got paid. And then the next person who had the most money on the line was Mick LaFlotta, the landlord, and he got paid as well. So I would say- And some of the trustees got paid some of the money so back the money, for funding it, it, the teachers. 75% or something yeah. came back for the you loan. You personally took the biggest loss. Well, it was, it was money that was going to come from a client. Yeah. And uh, so that, unfortunately, the client was, you know, not happy with the, uh, the, the way it turned out. Uh -huh. So uh, it didn't, yeah, so the, the total money uh, yeah. of, of the funds, you know, yeah. part of that went to the charter school, and then the rest of it that would have gone to me never came back. So it would hurt. Without well, a doubt. James Caviston, you are a <laughs> hero. We won't have time. We're going to get you back to talk sure, about CRs. Um, but, you know, you survived a, a sort of growing pain that Gloucester mm. had. Uh, it is something we will never live to see again. Mm. It's Gloucester is, for the good or the bad, it's over the bridge. I mean, mm. we're our own side of the bridge, and we're living in a different world. I understand that. Mm. And uh, we are not um, a downtown Boston, um, you know, challenged community. We're Gloucester. Yeah. And most of the time, I love that strength. Yeah, Sometimes that's a little bit prov uh, provincial and uh, in the case of the Charter School Ferry Center. Yeah. So James Caveston, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, thank you to my engineers, uh, Jim Capillo and Connor, our intern. And we will see you next time on Fish Town. Can you go find those dancing girls now? Express. <laughs> Ladies? <laughs> okay, right over here.